If you have your Bibles, if you'll open up to the book of Philippians chapter 4, that's where we're going to be today. Philippians chapter 4. Thanksgiving. Um, and I love the message that Lon brought during the Lord's Supper because it says that Thanksgiving is a time of blessing, but it's also a time where things can be a little challenging. I mean, honestly, can be very challenging. And that connects to me. And it connects to me in this way because we've been talking about the Crosswalk series that's really been pretty good for me. I've enjoyed listening to it because it's reminded me that life is full of normal choices that are very difficult sometimes to deal with. I mean, as we look at Christ and we see these normal challenges in life, we see Christ calling us to a higher standard. He calls us to a higher standard of denying ourselves and choosing to pick up our cross and follow him in different ways. And in the series, we looked at that and we saw, hey, that, that's in regard to fear. When it comes to fear, can you deny yourself and follow God? When it comes to anger or, or clinging to things of this world or, or self-righteousness, can you turn to God and deny yourself and choose to follow him and follow his ways? And it occurred to me that's especially difficult, I think, sometimes around the holiday season. I mean, I think sometimes it's difficult even to be grateful. You know, we have this picture of Thanksgiving and the way it's supposed to be, and, and maybe you've envisioned in your mind what it is to have just a wonderful Thanksgiving meal, but I think as we look at these pictures and, and imagery, it occurs to us that that's not always the way the, the, the picture is, the way the holiday is. I mean, sometimes it's more like this, isn't it? Sometimes it looks a lot more like disconnect than it is the connection. And, and we gather together as a family to connect and to share and to build memories. But you know what? Sometimes life is chaos. It's filled with frustration and anger and even dissatisfaction. There is this perfect holiday picture. A picture that we imagine for ourselves but sadly, sometimes the holidays is anything but perfect. The American Psychology Association says that 38% of people say that stress increases in the holidays. 55% feel more lonely in the holidays. 68% experience financial strain. 64% believe there's an increase of mental illness. 57% are stressed out because of expenses. And 50% are just sad because they can't be with those that they love. And so I want to believe that picture of the first Thanksgiving where everybody was together and united and different cultures that normally would be divided came together and, and found a way to find gratitude. But it's hard for me to believe, to be honest with you, because I look at our non-diverse family. It's so connected and yet it can be so challenging in the holiday season. And here's what I want you to know. That's normal. It's normal. That picture of Thanksgiving that says, hey, it's all about gratitude. That's the picture I want whenever it comes to Thanksgiving. 
but it tends to be less about gratitude and more about attitude. I'm just going to be honest with you. There are times that gratitude is gone and it's more about attitude. And here's the attitude that I feel so often is the attitude of dissatisfaction. Dissatisfaction that I am not content and I'm dissatisfied with things in my life. Things like my possessions. I think about my car or I think about my house or I think about my income and I think, man, I'm just dissatisfied. Maybe it's that way about work. We think about bosses and, and pay and roles and co-workers. Dissatisfaction. For some, it's that feeling about relationships with family, spouses, kids, parents, friends, neighbors. Dissatisfaction. Maybe it's the world. Did you know that 75% of Americans say they're dissatisfied with their country? Dissatisfaction with laws and leaders and levels of government. Perhaps it's church. I'm dissatisfied. I don't like the preaching. I don't like the teaching. I don't like the songs that are picked out. I don't like the other believers sometimes. Dissatisfaction. And sometimes that dissatisfaction, that discontentment is even directed at myself. I don't like me. I don't like me for my weight or for my height or for my drive or the purpose in my life, for my emotions or for my mental state, for my physical health. I don't like me. And I got to tell you, whenever I'm in the midst of all that dissatisfaction, it is hard to function. It's hard to function as all those negative thoughts rain down on me. It is hard to continue on. Now, you may be thinking this. You know, Chris, what I really wanted this morning was a meat and potatoes sermon. I wanted a good, strong meat and potato sermon, that one that would, that would just fill me up from God's Word. And you're talking about being unhappy, being discontent. But I want you to know there is an epidemic in our culture of discontentment. In fact, the fact that I'm even thinking that about the sermon may make me realize there might be something I'm wrestling with inside. But it's more than just our culture. You see, this is a core message seen in Scripture. In fact, James puts it this way in James chapter 4. He says, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this? Your passions are at war within you. You desire and you don't have. In other words, the core issue to my interpersonal relationships and what's causing fights there and what's causing arguments at church and connecting with brothers and sisters comes down, comes down to this one issue, I'm not happy. I'm discontent. I'm dissatisfied. You see, maybe, perhaps, dissatisfaction is the target that we've all been needing to see. It's the real issue of what we are struggling with inside that we are dissatisfied and discontent. Well, I got to tell you, it is a theme found throughout Scripture. In fact, I see it in the very first story of the Bible. Adam and Eve, you spot it. 
the book of Genesis. Go to the next book of the Bible. We see it in Exodus as manna is coming down from heaven. And what are the people doing? They're grumbling. And you can fast forward all the way to the New Testament, to the Gospels. And there you see people at a wedding that are up, in, uh, you know, concerned because we don't have enough wine. Or the apostles who come and they're, you know, wanting to be first and greater in the kingdom. And, and talking about, can we divorce our wives for any reason? And, and the conversation comes back over and over and over again to dissatisfaction. And I want you to know this. That this amazing book, the Bible, is a cross-cultural, cross-generational case study for this one truth. Dissatisfaction is normal. It's normal. But you see, that's the challenge for us. Because as we look at this crosswalk series, what's normal may not be what's good for me as a human being. There is a message in Scripture that says that there might be something beyond dissatisfaction that I need to reach for and find. Well, I want you to know this. Paul felt it too. Paul, as he writes in the book of Philippians, he talks about being in prison and being forgotten. And here's what he says. I know how to be brought low. I have experienced the pain of dissatisfaction. I have been in prison I have been forgotten by the church. In Timothy, he'll talk about other things. I'm cold. I want my books. I've been rejected by friends. He talks about eyesight issues, health issues, loneliness, the temperature. All to say this, dissatisfaction is normal. It's normal. But here's what's fascinating to me. This is interesting to me. Is that while Paul talks about dissatisfaction, here's something else he says in the book of Philippians in chapter 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Give thanks in everything. And as I hear that, you know what it occurs to me? That's not normal. I mean, how in the world can I be in chaos and crisis and give thanks? Have a spirit of thanksgiving? That doesn't make sense to me. And then Paul will go on, and here's what he says. I know how to be brought low and how to abound, and in every circumstance, I've learned the secret. I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance, and need. Paul says, I want you to know this. Even though I've gone through all this, I have learned the secret. And when I hear that message, I think to myself, that's frustrating because I want to know the secret. Tell me. Tell me, Paul. And I'll tell you, as a kid, I read this passage of scripture and I was just so frustrated that Paul learned the secret of contentment. Tell me. And then I was an aimer, and in AIM, I had a teacher, uh, you may know him, Ed Wharton, and he said this, you got to read your Bible. <laughs> Do y'all know that quote? You got to read your Bible. And I remember looking into context and asking, is there any more in this passage of Scripture 
than what Paul just says about he learned the secret. And here's what I discovered. There is more to this story. Say, Paul, tell me. Well, here's what it is. Whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever is pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's commendable, if there's anything of excellence, if, is there anything of worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And the, peace, and, and the God of peace will be with you. He says, there is an answer to the problem of discontent. And here it is. You know what it is? See beyond. See beyond your current plate, your current situation, and look at the rest of the spread. Look at what else God has that see beyond. And ultimately, here's what he's saying is this. See God. I, I think about what's honorable. What's just and pure and lovely and, co and commendable and excellent and worthy of praise? And I can't think of anything greater than Jesus Christ. I can't think of anything more honorable than Jesus Christ. Anything more worthy of praise than Jesus Christ. And when I say Jesus Christ, we are talking about God. Do you see God? He is the one who can heal us from this attitude that lacks gratitude. So here's Paul again. He says, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Just for a moment, I just want to imagine if we could focus on God, how it would change our lives. When I'm at work and I'm frustrated with work, I'm frustrated with my bosses, I'm frustrated with my co-workers, when I think about God, would it change anything? When I think about his love, when I think about his patience and his grace and his mercy, would it change anything? When I'm at church and I'm frustrated, I'm frustrated with the songs and I'm frustrated with the teaching, what if I thought about God would it change anything? Or, or maybe whenever, man, whenever I'm feeling this discontent in, in different aspects of my life, even looking at myself, I don't like who I am and I'm not enough and I'm this and I'm that. What if my focus was God? You see, it's normal to live in the self-walk world, but crosswalk says it's time to have faith in God. It's time to have faith in God, to see God and all that he brings. I got to tell you, this is what the heroes of old were known for. David, as he was struggling in his relationship with his father-in-law, the king, Saul, he had to have faith in God. Jonah, as he was facing his own failure as a prophet, had to have faith in God. Isaiah, as he thought about the different individuals within the culture who were opposing God, their God, he still had faith 
and Daniel as politicians and leaders wrote decrees that would negatively affect him, he still had faith in God. That's the crosswalk life. These individuals, just like Paul, put down themselves and they picked up the cross of faith. They trusted God no matter what. They could see beyond their plate and see the spread that God had for them. And here was the result of that. As they began to look and think about God and focus on him, a shift took place. A shift of attitude towards, you guessed it, gratitude. Gratitude. Think about this. In Psalm chapter 54, we have a psalm of David as he is dealing with his father-in-law, the king Saul. The king wants to kill him and destroy him. And here's what David says in the psalm. Oh God, Save me by your name, for strangers have risen against me, ruthless men seeking my life. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the upholder of my life. With the free will offering, I will sacrifice to you. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for it is good. Here David is in the middle of crisis. You know what he says? I will be a man of thanksgiving. David, how can you be in crisis and be grateful to God? Because God is faithful. He's faithful. Here's Jonah as he's in the belly of the fish. He realizes what he has done in the fish. And here's what he says in Jonah chapter 2, verse 9. I, with a voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Guys, that psalm was written in the fish's stomach. Thanksgiving and gratitude in the midst of crisis. Here's Isaiah as he looks at the nation and is so wicked. Here's what he says. Give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim the name that his name is exalted. I give thanks to my God. And the last one, to me, this is the neatest one, is Daniel. Remember, as Daniel finds out that a decree has been made that he can no longer worship God, here's what it says in the scripture. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day. He prayed and he gave thanks. Why is he giving thanks? A law was just made that says you can't worship God because he had faith. Because he had faith, he can have this attitude of thanksgiving. They had thanksgiving. And we can have thanksgiving too, regardless of what is going on in our lives. We can thank him Because we know who he is and we trust him. Well, I don't need to tell you what happens if we don't have this attitude of gratefulness. If we allow these messages of discontent and dissatisfaction to eat at us, what does it do to us? It hardens our hearts. It blackens our hearts. We will develop 
broken hearts and unhappy hearts, physically heart disease, hearts that become black holes, that have to consume everything and are never satisfied, all because our focus is on the wrong thing. David knew it. You see, as David experienced the crisis, he knew that there was a bigger picture out there, and it wasn't this moment. One day, David would be king. Jonah, in the crisis of the fish, trusted the God who would get him out. He saw a bigger picture, and so he was able to trust him. Isaiah, in the midst of the crisis, going back to the passage of Scripture Lon read this morning, Believed in a Messiah who was going to come and save the world. And Daniel, Daniel knew that leaders, bad leaders, rise and fall. He had seen visions of it. The statues that were raised up that would fall again to remind Daniel of this. No matter what happens, God is faithful. He's faithful. And so all of these had a spirit of thanksgiving. It's normal to be dissatisfied. It's normal to be discontent. And it's normal in those moments to want. But God has called us to do something that's abnormal. He has called us to trust him. To trust him in times of challenge and difficulty. To trust him. And when we trust him, I want you to know, as you see God before you, it will be a day of thanksgiving. You can experience a day of thanksgiving regardless of what is going on because just as we've been talking about in this series, you deny yourself and your normal feelings and you trust the one who's made promises to us in these challenging times, can you have a spirit of thanksgiving even when it doesn't seem like anybody else would be thankful because you have faith in him? If you need anything from this body, we are here to serve you today. If you're struggling with this message, guess what? So am I. I'm a discontented person who doesn't always see God. But I want you to know this, he is with us and he can transform us and change us. And when I do realize that truth, I too can experience that feeling of thanksgiving, that spirit of thanksgiving. If you need anything from this body, won't you come now as we stand and as we sing together?